Hey, welcome to Infuse Church Online and the conclusion of our series, The Five Ways to Grow Your Faith. Pastor Mike is here from Fort Dodge, Iowa to share the conclusion of today's series and talking about why the B-I-B-L-E is more than just a song, but something that can change your life. We're so glad you're here and we look forward to this message. Good morning, Infuse. How y'all doing this morning? Awesome. Those of you that don't know me, my name is Mike. Um, my wife Janice is back there in the back. Janice, wave at all the nice people. Um, that's my wife Janice. We celebrated 43 years of marriage this last week. Um, that's right. There's, there's really only one explanation for that. My wife is the most patient person in the world. That's the only explanation for 43 years of us being together. Um, but yeah, it's great to be back. Um, we've been pastoring in Fort Dodge for 34 years, for those of you that don't know us. And a couple of years ago, January of 2017, we, tur- we turned the lead pastor position over to our oldest son, Joshua. So uh, I'm now his associate pastor, which allows me a little bit of time to uh, preach in other churches and do more mission work and that kind of thing. So we are enjoying this season of our lives, primarily because we get to come to Infuse Church occasionally and hang out with you folks, which is always a blast. So glad to hear that you're going to be involved. Um, in the parade. That is such a great way to get involved in the community. One of the first things that we did when we came to Fort Dodge is we started getting our church involved in the community in just that way. Um, we did a parade as well. We got involved in the parade. The very first year we did the parade, we thought, you know, we're going to have some good Christian music, some really more, kind of more rock Christian music playing, and um, we're going to, I don't know whose idea this was, we're going to dress in white, we're going to carry banners that are going to glorify the name of Jesus, so the whole group of us doing this. And it just started pouring down rain. And we're all wearing white. And somebody turns around and says, whose idea was it to wear white? You know, this is awful. And we're, we're walking along with little kids. Oh, look, see-through clothing is awesome. Um, but anyway, uh, it's a great way to get involved. We've been involved in our community in a lot of different ways over the years. And it does make a difference. You know what I've learned is if you do a little bit for people, they, they, it looks like a lot. It really, you can really have an impact by just doing small things. And so just getting involved and being part of that. Um, is so important. So uh, I don't have a whole lot of time this morning, so I'm going to get right to my message. My installment today on the tail end of this series of Growing Your Faith um, is going to take a very conventional direction. Um, Actually, that's a little different for me. I tend to be a little more off the beaten path, kind of a little more edgy, I suppose even controversial, sometimes more than than safe or conventional. Um, In fact, what I'm going to share with you today is at risk of being kind of overused, a little bit cliché. Um, even simplistic or I suppose in some cases just mere white noise because you've heard it probably so much and I would want to apologize for that except I think it's a key ingredient in growing our faith and I'm glad that here at the church you're talking about how to grow our faith and I've been watching the videos online and uh, really enjoyed what Pastor Taylor has been preaching Uh, but you know I was thinking about this anything that we really want to excel in anything that we really want to become proficient in um, or even just have a general grasp of it It requires a certain amount of knowledge. It requires a certain amount of continued growth and exploration. Uh, I'll give you a quick example. I've been playing guitar for over 50 years. I started in in earnest when I was 12 years old. I was dabbling a little bit before that. But I started playing guitar when I was 12 years old, uh, so I've been playing for 51 years. Um, as a freshman in high school, 14 years old, I got a, we had a group of guys together, and we performed at our, our high school talent contest, talent show. 
and uh, we did a monkeys song. There's nobody here old enough probably to remember the monkeys. Oh, yeah? Okay. So I think their greatest song ever was I'm a Believer, but we actually did Step in Stone because it was really easy and rep repetitive, and you know, a bunch of 14-year-olds pulled it off. We got beat by a group of girls lip-syncing. I mean, we're making real music, and they're just standing up there pretending, and they beat us, you know? And I found out it was actually a popularity contest because we weren't the most popular people, and they were. Uh, but we, 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 we killed it, man. We rocked the house. No, not really. We were pretty awful. But so I've been, I've been playing uh, a really long time. I took a 10-year hiatus for a while. been playing again in earnest for the last five years. And I have that passion for playing that I did in my early 20s again. But the thing I wanted to say about that is I'm now learning new chordings, new voicings, new ways of playing, actually learning uh, what's considered the classical number system instead of the chord system, which makes transitions from one key to another really easy, but it's hard on an old brain to learn these things. And I'm, I'm just saying that to say that, you know, anything that we, we want to learn, uh, there's something in humanity, I think, the way God created us, uh, that we have a desire to learn, to grow, to change, to absorb new information and learn new things, uh, even though sometimes it's really challenging to do so. And so I was thinking about that, that, that pursuit of the unknown is what drives human endeavor. Every invention, anything that's ever been created has been created out of a need of some kind, something that needed to be there, something that was missing. I'm going to say it again, the pursuit of the unknown is what drives human behavior. And that uh, may seem a little heavy, but... Uh, you know, when we talk about growing our faith, we want to know as much about our faith as possible. Is that true? Anybody with me on that? We want to know as much about our faith as we possibly can. And so we have to ask ourselves, well, where do we go to learn about this, this faith that we embrace or that we're considering embracing? Uh, where do we go to learn about that? Where do we go to pick up information about that? And I just want to tell you, you're in the right place for that. You've come to the right place. Infused Church is definitely the place to come to learn about what it means to be, I'm going to use this terminology, to be a follower of Jesus or to explore the path of becoming a follower of Jesus. Um, I've had so many conversations with people who have turned away from the faith or never really seriously considered it because they believe things that they'd heard or believe things that they think they ran across or uh, they believe that the Bible says certain things that it doesn't say. And so the thing we have to come back to is the scripture itself, the Bible itself. So that's what I'm going to talk to you about for a few moments today. Starting with 2 Timothy 3.16, check out this verse. It says, every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, and training us to live God's way. So quick question here, what part of Scripture is prof profitable for us? That's right, every part of Scripture, right? So there are four specific things that are mentioned in this passage today that um, talk about the value of the Bible or the value of the Scriptures in our lives. And I want to just take them very quickly and just walk through each one of them for a moment. So the first thing it says, the scripture is, I'm sorry, can we go back to that one? I want to hit one more thing there. The scripture is God-breathed, uh, which means that God himself inspired the people who wrote the Bible. That's one of the things I've ran across before talking about, you know, talking with people about God or about scripture is, well, it's just written by men. Well, that's true. Men put pens to paper 
and actually penned what we know of today as the Bible. But this verse teaches us that God inspired them. God breathed into their lives, inspiring them to write what they wrote. There's a gentleman in the New Testament, a guy by the name of the Apostle Paul, who wrote, uh, as far as a number of books are concerned, a little over half of the New Testament. God inspired him to write. He was writing letters to churches, not realizing probably that a couple thousand years later we were going to still be talking about his writings. But God breathed, God used him and made his writings and the all the writings of the Bible profitable. So let's move on. The first thing it does that shows us truth. Um, so there's a lot of conversation about truth. The pursuit of truth um, is something that I think we're, we're all on that pursuit. We want to know truth. What's the truth about whatever? There's so many different things that we want to know the truth about. And, you know, there's that, that idea the truth is out there, you know, and we need to go searching for truth and find truth. Uh, does anyone here enjoy being lied to? And see your hand if you enjoyed being lied to. Of course not. We don't like to be lied to. We want to know that people are being honest with us and speaking the truth. And we want to speak the truth with others as well. Um, but, you know, I mean, everything in our, there are different elements in our world uh, that you can't always believe. It's like, you know, if something's online, you know it's true, right? No, it's not exactly right. Um, there's a lot of things. In, in fact, you know, we'll, we'll swallow. Sometimes we're very gullible. We'll swallow stuff online without doing our due diligence and going and checking and making sure is this really accurate. And the next thing you know, we're sharing posts and we're sharing all this stuff that has no real basis in reality because we saw it online and thought it was true. Um, and everything from, and not that all advertising or all politics, but everything from advertising to politics can have elements of distruth or misinformation involved in it. Um, and so, you know, we have, to be, we have to be careful when we're pursuing truth. And there's a lot of different versions of truth. Pilate uh, is standing there looking at Jesus, and he asks this question, what is truth? Pilate is the one who had Jesus uh, crucified, informally at least. Uh, so the Bible presents the truth from God's perspective. And the Bible is really um, what God wants us to know about him, uh, about ourselves, and about the world that we live in. And so the Bible contains truth. Um, one of the reasons that we want to read Scripture is because it can help to eliminate some of the misunderstandings or the misinformation that we maybe have learned. You know something I've learned as a pastor for 34 years is I spend a lot of time, this is going to sound strange, but I'll spend a lot of time unteaching people, um, helping people to change what they think they believe about God or about his Bible. Uh, because over the years, a lot of bad information has been shared, unfortunately, sometimes by the church, by church leaders, um, and conversations have been had that have caused people to think a certain way about the Bible. So one of the first things the Bible does is it shows us truth. Uh, the second thing that this says is it exposes our rebellion. And when it talks about exposing our rebellion, it might not be, you know, an outright rebellion against God. Um, you know, I think of rebellions, I think of, you know, fists in the air and banners that say things about, you know, certain governments or whatever. Um, but honestly, the rebellion can just be a propensity to do our own thing, to follow our own ways of living. We were singing songs today about giving our lives to God, surrendering to him. And that really is um, exposing the rebellion of our own humanity, that it's hard for us to surrender to God. It's not an easy thing to let go of certain things. It's not an easy thing sometimes to forgive people. It's not an easy thing to walk in the love that Jesus encouraged us to walk in, even with our enemies. Um, you know, love your friends, that's one thing. Love your enemies, that pushes the boundaries of our humanity a little bit and exposes our rebellion, our unwillingness to do some of those things. The third thing that verse says is that it, the Bible, the truth, corrects our mistakes. 
Uh, more specifically, it shows us our mistakes so that we can correct them. Uh, the Bible itself, I happen to have a copy of the Bible here, the Bible itself will not actually, uh, this book isn't going to correct my mistakes. What it's going to do is it's going to show me my mistakes and help me make the adjustments that need to be made so that my life is lived more properly the way God wants my life to be lived. Uh, not because God has rules and regulations that we have to live up to, but he knows that certain lifestyles and certain things can be harmful to us. He doesn't want us to be harmed, and so he gives us a way of living. He has this, this way of showing us what our mistakes are, not so that he can lord that over us, but so that he can help us make a difference in our lives and live our lives differently. Um, so it corrects our mistakes. And then the last thing that that verse says is it trains us to live God's way. And so the scriptures show us truth. They expose our rebellion. Uh, they correct our, it corrects our mistakes. And then it trains us to live God's way, the way he wants us to live. And so there's an element uh, of, of training that we find within the scriptures, a teaching. Um, I was, my wife and I were sitting at Starbucks this morning, sitting outside enjoying a cup of coffee before we came uh, to service here, and uh, we saw this guy kind of hanging around, wasn't really sure what he was doing, he had a clipboard, and he wanders over to us, and I'm thinking, you know, it's, it's 8.30 on a Sunday morning, surely this, night, this guy's not going to survey us for something, I mean, that just doesn't feel right, you know, but he shows up and he says, would it be alright if I sketch you guys? And I said, sure, knock yourself out, so he starts sketching us, and while we're sketching, you know, we're engaged in a conversation, and I asked him something, I don't remember how I started the conversation, but we started dialoguing back and forth a little bit, and, uh, of course, it always comes around to what do you do for a living. He asked me that. Normally, I say uh, I'm a motivational speaker uh, because um, as soon as you say pastor, these walls go up. It's like, mm, i got to be careful now or, you know, or whatever. So, um, but I was just honest with him. I said I'm, I'm a pastor. Um, and so that kind of opened up some dialogue and asked him if he was a church person, and he's not. Uh, but anyway, as we were talking, he was talking about, you know, my voice. He said, you have a good voice. You should, like, read chapters of the Bible. He said, I listen to chapters of the Bible. He said, the other day I was listening uh, to the book of Psalms, and I got caught up just listening to the Psalms, and I listened to about 30 chapters of the Psalms, and I found it, you know, beginning to affect me emotionally. And I thought, that's very interesting. That's what the Word of God does. It gets a hold of us on a deeper level. By the way, here's the sketch. Um, cost us $4.00. It was a donation. Anyway, um, so we had this, this conversation about how the Bible had affected him emotionally. And I just thought, you know, here's somebody who doesn't necessarily uh, claim faith. I mean, we didn't get that far in the conversation, but, um, but he was affected by what the Bible has to say. But here's the thing about it. This is not, I have a copy of the Bible here. This Bible, uh, this book that's in my hand right here, um, does not show me truth by me looking at it. I mean, looking at this, I don't see truth, do I? By looking at this, um, I am not having my rebellion exposed by just looking at the book or holding the book. It is not correcting my mistakes and it's not training me. What do I have to do with this if I want this book to have that kind of an effect on me? I have to read it, right? I have to engage it. I have to uh, begin to activate what's inside of this and read the scriptures. Now, I don't know, maybe it's different here, uh, but again, I've been pastoring for a long time, and I've found that a lot of Christians, a lot of people who are followers of Jesus, have not actually spent a great deal of time reading the Scriptures. Um, the, the, the thing about the Bible is it's really a story. And uh, the power behind that story, uh, every story has a, a, a power to it, a particular 
uh, effect that it can have on people's lives. And the, the Bible is a very powerful story about how God engages with his people, how he's engaged with his people throughout the ages and how he still does. And so it's a story that really pulls us in. It's a story that makes, uh, it makes an impact in our lives because it draws us in. We become part of the storyline when we read the scriptures. Um, and so we, we, we look at all these different stories that are going on in the scriptures, but they all come together to paint one picture. And that picture is the picture of a God who is very compassionate, very gracious, very loving, and very willing to take his creation, his people, and help them learn how to live their lives in such a way that not only pleases God, that's great, but also is a blessing to the individual, to them, to themselves. Um, also, we have this wonderful privilege of carrying a message to the world that the world desperately needs to hear. And we don't have to be standing on a street corner somewhere. If that's what we do, that's fine. But just living our lives, letting this book affect us, and living our lives the way God wants us to live is a testimony to the world around us of what God can do. Um, and so I would encourage you, I want to encourage you uh, to read through a chronological version of the Bible. And that's why I have this with me today. I don't know if you're familiar with this or have seen this, but this book is called The Story. And what the story is, is a chronological reading of the Bible. It begins in Genesis and goes to Revelation, covers the entire Bible, but it covers it in a chronological fashion and more like as a novel. So this particular book um, has 31 chapters, and the chapters are about 12 or 13 pages each. Um, so what we did with this is a number of years ago, a few years back now, we took uh, this book, the entire congregation read a chapter a week, and my son and I preached every other week on something from that chapter. And I read the scriptures, I, I read through the Bible, uh, the Old Testament, once or twice a year. I usually get through the New Testament three or four times a year. I'm a little off this year, but that's my normal. Um, and when we went through this, it, it was interesting to me how engaging this was. And so I've kind of been a fan of the story ever since. And here's the amazing thing about this. I have some of these with us, not because we're trying to sell books, but because I want people to engage with the Bible. And this is a great way to do it. If you're somebody who hasn't read the scriptures before, this is fantastic because in just a few hours every week, you can read through the entire Bible in less than eight months. Uh, if you read a chapter a week, you can get through it in 31 weeks. It's pretty incredible. And the great thing about it is it reads, like I said, it reads like a novel. Some of the, the psalms are actually inserted in the storyline where David would have written a particular psalm. So anyway, we've bought these. We paid shipping on them. And we've got them here for sale today if you're interested for $6 a piece. It's a great way. If you haven't yet begun to read the Bible, it's a great way to read. If you've read the scripture several times, I read this and I was amazed at how much it affected me. That's the only sales pitch I have for the day. We have these along because we want to get the Bible into people's hands. I mean, where can you buy a hardbound book for six bucks? And it's not used. It's brand new. You can take it home with you. This is your book. Um, so um, the Bible, as I said, is a story of God and his compassionate relationship with humanity. If we have even just a passing familiarity with the Bible, with the storyline that the Bible presents, it will increase our level of faith. It'll help us to grow in our faith. In this series, as I was talking to Pastor Taylor and I went back and listened to the messages that he's preached on this, and we were talking about this message, I thought, you know, I really want to talk about how the Bible uh, helps 
us grow our faith because we're all, we're all in a process. I love the fact that this is a church for imperfect people. That's why I feel so comfortable here uh, because I too am an imperfect individual. We're in the process of transformation. One of the ways that we change and one of the ways that we're transformed in our lives is by growing our faith, by learning, but not just learning, but applying what we learn and what we know. So if you've been reading the Bible, if you haven't been reading the Bible, just having that time with the Scriptures will begin to influence deeply and greatly uh, how God wants to show you His love and His compassion and help you grow in your own faith. And so in the next few minutes that I have left, um, I, I'm trying to squeeze about 50 minutes worth of material into 23 minutes today, so I'm not going to get through everything. But I, I did want to share one thing, because when we, when we study the Scriptures, when we understand the Scriptures, we also begin to recognize God in the everyday normal stuff around us. And there's a story in the Bible in the Old Testament, just to pull one little story out of this big story, a guy by the name of Jacob. Um, Jacob was kind of a, a deceitful young man. He stole his brother's birthright. He tricked his blind father into giving him the blessing of the eldest son, which is a double portion blessing. And he's kind of a scoundrel, really, in his early days. And his mom actually helps him make this deception against his father. And then she sends him away, and he leaves town. He's running away from all the mess that he's left behind him. And while he's running away, while he's leaving, he lays down and has a, a rest. He sleeps. And while he's sleeping, he has a dream. In the dream, he sees a ladder set up, and he sees angels coming and going on this ladder. And God speaks to him and gives him a wonderful promise. And the verse that I have for you here is after Jacob woke up, after having this encounter with God, Jacob wakes up and he says this, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. That is such a huge part. I just want to look at that again. Then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. The last part of that, I did not know it, is so telling of humanity. We miss so much stuff because we're just not aware. So this one little story out of the Bible. Then he goes on to say this. He said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And so as we look at this passage, Jacob wakes up. He says, this is an awesome place. This is the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. He recognizes that God was there, even though he didn't realize it at the time. He didn't notice it at the time. God was there. It caught him by surprise. When he realized that God was there, suddenly he's aware of this fact. This is an awesome place. This is the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Let me just say something as we're sitting here today. We might look at, you know, um, the background of this. Again, Jacob comes from a checkered past, but he has this encounter with God. Long story short, some 20 years later, he has another encounter with God where his life is completely changed and his name is changed from Jacob to Israel and he becomes the father of the nation of Israel. And the incredible thing about this story is it all begins with this encounter where he realizes that God was among him, God was with him, and he didn't realize it. One of the things the Bible shows us, one of the things the Bible teaches us, is that God is with us every moment of every day of our lives, whether we realize it or not. This world that we live in, this is an awesome place. You know why? Because in this world, you and I have a wonderful opportunity of connecting with God. And even more specifically, as we look at this, maybe we've come to a, a school building today to gather together and have a church service, but what we've really done 
is corporately together, we have come into the house of God. This is an awesome place. I want you to do, do me a favor. Look at someone sitting next to you or sitting near you and just tell them that. Say, this is an awesome place. I didn't hear a lot of people doing that. Let's try it one more time. This is an awesome place. Tell somebody, this is an awesome place. Oh, that was better. Awesome. Now look back at them and say, this is the house of God. If you'd indulge me just one more time. Look at them one more time and say, this is the gate of heaven. What does all that mean? It just simply means this. That this story is about God connecting with man. Jacob wasn't expecting, he wasn't seeking God. He wasn't looking for an encounter with the creator of the universe. All he was doing was living his life actually running away from his past, running away from the problems that he'd had, and engaging with God without even realizing it. He's laying there and God inter interrupts his schedule. Maybe today you're just here in this room, just sitting here, but I pray that God interrupts us, that God interrupts our schedule and shows us that this is an awesome place. This is the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. What do gates do? They allow access in and out, right? This is where we can come together and find God's love and God's compassion for our lives and God's leadership over our lives. This is an awesome place because lives can be changed here. Cities can be changed here. Worlds can be transformed because of groups just like this, because of churches just like Infuse. I'm going to say it one more time. This is an awesome place. This is the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. This is what the Bible teaches us, that we're all part of God's story. And then he allows us this wonderful privilege of engaging with him. Jacob woke up, said, God's in this place, and I didn't know it. Listen, we know it. God's here. He's with us. And he wants to not only bless our lives, but also use us to make a difference in his world. I want to pray for you this morning. Father, we thank you for the opportunity today to be together as your people in your house. This is an awesome place. This is the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. And what an honor that we could be here with you today. And Father, wherever we're at in our lives, we pray that you would step into our lives, that you would engage us in some ways like you did with Jacob, where we're not really even expecting it. Maybe some of us are running from a checkered past. Maybe some of us are running from mistakes that we've made, things that we're ashamed of, or a life that just didn't seem to make sense. But today, God, you know us, you see us, and whether we realize it or not, you're here among us, and you desire to change our lives. We thank you for this opportunity today to be in your presence, and we ask, God, that we would know you greater than ever in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's message. Our newest series called Moving Forward by Looking Back will start August 18th. We look forward to seeing you then.